0: 7, six, five, four,
1: three, two, one.
0: Welcome back to Rise to Liberty, and I've got probably the most important person that you've probably never heard of, and that's Ryan Dawson of ANC Report. Thanks so much, Ryan, for being on the show today.
1: I like the heavy metal, and I like Rise to Liberty. My old moinker was Rise to Sense. Oh, nice. My name being Rye, and I spelled it that way.
0: So It was from uh,
1: Thomas Paine's Common Sense, and it was also like Sense as in Sensei, living in Japan.
0: So real quick for anyone who doesn't know, uh, you're probably the most banned person who's not on the internet. Uh, Nick, Nicholas Fuentes, eat your heart out <laughs> that dude.
1: Nick, come on. I was being banned on AOL in MySpace when he was in middle school, possibly elementary school. <laughs> We've been kicked off all the same things. I just got kicked off them first and multiple times.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So, he is censored, though, and I disagree with that. Even though, like, it doesn't matter what I think about what he says. He shouldn't be censored. He's not saying anything illegal. Yeah. He shouldn't be censored.
0: Yeah, completely agree. Uh, same with you, though. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I have, yet, I have yet to see anything that you have said that is illegal. Uh, controversial, sure. Um, but illegal or anything that... Uh, not saying anything hateful, else.
1: either. That's what I get accused of. I'm like, yeah. what, what? I don't want you shooting Palestinian kids in the nuts. I guess <laughs> yeah. that's anti-Semitic. Oh, I'm not supporting ISIS. I guess that's Islamophobic. You know, that's the yeah. kind of canard we have today.
0: Yeah, that's just ridiculous. So only
1: women should play women's sports. Uh oh, you hate trans people. There's no nuance anymore.
0: Yeah, you deny their existence.
1: <laughs> I do, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they exist, but like they're playing pretend and I'm not going to go along with it.
0: Yeah, but that's hate speech.
1: Yeah.
0: That's just insane.
1: I mean, I think you hate women. You're invading their space.
0: Yeah.
1: You have all these biological advantages and it doesn't matter if you reduce your hormones. That's only one of the advantages. If you're a swimmer, for example, you have a larger lung capacity, you're taller, denser bones, all that like... It's not just the muscles and things. It's not just the testosterone. We are so different and should not be playing sports against one another on a professional level. It's common sense. It's why it's segregated.
0: Well, and who thought that uh, saying something like, you should not inject children with uh, hormones would be such a controversial statement? Yeah.
1: Don't give little kids puberty blockers. Kids don't have agency.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> Leave them alone. I don't care. Like they, they confuse masculine and feminine with male and female. It doesn't matter if a boy wants to wear pink dresses or whatever. He's still a boy. and He's a boy that likes dresses. So what? It doesn't make him a girl. You're actually reinforcing the stereotypes of gender roles and being saying, oh, well, girls are supposed to wear dresses. So if a boy wants to wear a dress, he's supposed to be a girl. No, he's just a kid and he likes to wear a dress. So what? Is he like a boys are boys, girls are girls? That's permanent. Feminine, and masculine are the social constructs. Those are the ones that are like <laughs> arbitrary, as far as what what all colors mean and stuff like that. That's societal, and it differs from one place to another. Pink used to be the boys' color, in fact, and baby blue was the girls' color. There's nothing in nature that like sets set up. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So, what, one thing we were talking about before uh, the stream started was what a piece of shit Lincoln is.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. So that's almost an insult to shit.
0: <laughs> so do you want to give a quick rundown of why Lincoln is such a piece of shit?
1: Yeah. Stinking Lincoln is often praised like Jesus Gandhi or something. And, and he's the great abolitionist and freed the slaves. And so if you go after him and someone's of that ilk, it's like, what are you pro slavery? Well, absolutely not. I mean, slavery is horrible. And we shouldn't have instituted it in two thousand eleven when Obama invaded Libya, and we shouldn't have offshore sweatshops today, right? And all the exploitation uh, that occurs in labor today—Apple, you know, making phones in China with women jumping off buildings out of suicide nets—that is sick and disgusting. That's not what Lincoln did. That is your schoolbook fairy tale version of what the man was and what he believed. He's a staunch racist. Which is not uncommon. The 1850s and 60s—that's pretty much what almost all of them believed, including uh, blacks, Indians, and Chinese themselves. There was a superior and an inferior, and Lincoln was a man of his times. He was not above the times, and he wanted racial segregation. And he was opposed to slavery, but not because of how immoral slavery is of you know owning a person like property and the way they're treated. It was. Simply because he didn't think blacks and whites could live together at all, and he didn't want to expand slavery out west because he didn't want races to mix. But the South had already conceded to not expand slavery out west. It didn't matter, and he actually the, the Congress before the Civil War. Um, uh, to Congress, I forget the names, but it was out of Ohio and one out of New York. But they, well, one was Corman, the Corman Amendment. It's a constitutional amendment that enshrined slavery into the U.S. Constitution. The federal government could not interfere with states' laws about labor. And the South rejected it and seceded anyway because that was never the reason for the Civil War. But they act like it's a better reason. Like, it sounds better to fight a war to free the slaves. So that's what, <clears throat> from around the 1960s to now, has been the rationalization for A war that murdered a million people and displaced. Uh, If you were to take it by percentages and given all the starvation and death from the war and reconstruction uh, just within the first year after the war ended, from like 1865 to 66, it would be like America getting in a war and losing 17 million people. That's how devastating the Civil War was even like forget per capita, just on raw numbers, more men died in the civil war than all of America's other wars combined.
0: But we are the racist country,
1: right? Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's pretty hard to fight a war over slavery when seven of your own states have slaves and that's black slaves. And all of them had coolies, Chinese slaves and, and Native American slaves, or just even worse, just genocided them like General Custer did, who was a Union general. He was in the cavalry at Gettysburg, right? And then he's fighting at Little Bighorn and greasy grass and wounded knee. That's all it's the same people, same Union soldiers, same Union generals, murdering Indians. They, they weren't like anti-racist or anything like that. And the last states in the Union to end slavery were all Northern states. The entire South was done right. Your June sixteenth or whatever your Juneteenth, June 19th June <laughs> nineteenth. Um, California still had slaves. New Jersey still had slaves. Kentucky, Delaware, all, like the, all these northern states had slaves. And California did end it on paper, but not in reality. They continued to enslave blacks, natives, and Chinese uh, for decades after the Civil War. Instead of so the Nevada territories and so did what ends up becoming Utah for a long time. Okay, and. General Grant had slaves throughout the duration of the war. So did Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Maryland, you know, Missouri, all, like all these border states plus Jersey and Cali. So you can't really be fighting to end slavery when, you know, half your side still has slaves. And they weren't. And there was no, that like, there were people who believed that, people who didn't. But the South was fighting because they got invaded. People didn't join the army in Northern Virginia, you know, People who didn't own slaves and never would did not go and fight and die so some rich person on a plantation in Mississippi could have his slaves. They went there because Yankees invaded Virginia and were shooting, burning, raping, looting. So they went to stop them to protect their own homestead. You know, it's it's when you explain this to liberals, you have to give them an example of when a Republican did something wrong. So let's say like the second invasion of Iraq, purely based on lies. No, it wasn't for oil. It was all about Israel, but whatever. Why do you think the Iraqis resisted U.S. occupation? Was it because they all loved Saddam and everything he stood for and did? <laughs> or because we were over there killing them and blowing up their homes, bridges, and infrastructure, and they had suffered through all the Clinton sanctions, watching their children starve to death? Okay, maybe... That's why they hated us.
0: So maybe, maybe the Confederacy right. fought
1: you because you went into their land and set it on fire and started shooting people. Maybe. But that that doesn't like, nah, man, you're fighting because of this and this political reason. Like, no, you're fighting because you have an invading army and Navy on their land and in their yeah. territory waters.
0: Which, which makes complete sense. And it makes sense that uh, Lincoln actually was not doing – Any of the things that uh, modern history books say? No, he
1: He started the war, too. The war didn't start at Fort Sumter. The war started when he sent revenue cutters like SS Harriet Lane down and shot at the Nashville and tried to blockade Charleston Harbor and collect his new export tax and shooting people, peaceful uh, protesters in Maryland and arresting people arresting judges and thousands of people thrown in jail 300 newspapers shut down i mean he was the old he was the old school woke neocon right just shut down the paper you have to understand there is no tv or radio or internet so if you close down the newspapers that is the media and that was the the marriage of the press and the state starts with lincoln he shut down any paper that was critical of him and so it's just state-run media. It's kind of like New York Times and Washington Post today. They're war propagandists. They go along with whoever's in charge, right? The Post might as well have just been CIA for decades. Every single war, think about it, in your lifetime, in your parents' lifetime, in your grandparents' lifetime, every war started with a lie, Right? Oh, Sodgas' own people. No, he didn't. Oh, there's weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. No, there isn't. All babies on incubators. Nope. Golf of Tonkin? No. <laughs> Go through the list. It's a lie. And every single lie, every single one was supported by mass media because there's no dissent, and that includes social media nowadays. Look at the Ukraine conflict, right? Everything on Twitter and Facebook is pro-Ukraine because if it's not, you get kicked off the platform. And every talking head promotes the lie. That all started with stinking Lincoln. We used to have hundreds of different papers. Now we've got like six main ones, and they all fall in line. Lincoln well, did that. Lincoln married the corporation and state, the railroad companies, the steel foundries, they're all getting giant subsidies from the federal government.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's easier to control when you only have six main papers.
1: Yeah. And it's, look, nowadays it's, the there's four major industries that profiteer through government. You've got the MIC, right? The military industrial complex. That's how you get monstrosities like the $1.5 trillion F-35 and stuff like that. (laughs) You've got big pharma, right? Which even before COVID-19, it was something, right? It's, it's the Oxycontin, the Ritalin, the whatever. They're always pushing out antidepressants or something, something on children, on whatever. Um, then you've got uh, big energy and you got ESGs, all this green energy. I, that kind of dovetails with the with the rest of it. But energy now, the big new thing is the wind turbines and solar panels and stuff. They're destroying the economy by trying to transition away from fossil fuels. And it doesn't work. I mean, the output of solar panels is such as aren't there yet. And so they don't care. It's a government subsidized industry. They invest in it and the price of these things is going up, not because of the earnings it are uh, from the output of sales or production. It's just based on new investment. And people are investing because the government's investing. So it's a sure shit deal. It's creating a bubble. And, you know, the national interest be damned. But that whole philosophy of the government picking winners and losers in the marketplace is a complete antithesis of the Jeffersonian, like John Locke model of how things ought to be. Thomas Paine, James Madison, Monroe. That's that you could call it the Jefferson faction. Lincoln was a Hamiltonian. Alexander Hamilton, Henry Clay, Lincoln, they believe in strong federal government and they they don't want free markets. It's free markets on the bottom, but at the top, it's all it's all the state. And so then he instituted the income tax. It was not Jekyll Island. It was not. That's the Fed in in 1913. That's bullshit. It was Lincoln. He started it and his greenbacks. And this this one triggers me like didn't he go against the fed because of the greenbacks there was no fed to go against first of all (laughs) he did have greenbacks they were worth about 35 cents at the end of the war you know i paid for the war war bonds which the south had to pay and they had to pay in gold he had driven the nation into high Mm hmm and Hmm. you know grant part of that too of course, General Grant becomes president because all the Southern states other than Tennessee had a military occupation and veterans weren't allowed to vote and blacks voted as a block, however, the union told them to. That's why they were given the right to vote. Interestingly, they weren't giving the right to vote in the North, just the South. There was black suffrage, but only in the South where Republicans could use them as a voting block, just like illegal aliens today. They don't give a damn about their quality of life or anything. They just want them to vote Democrat. Um states like Wisconsin or well, actually the whole Northwest just made rules saying, no, we're not blacks can't vote. And then the only few northern states that allowed it were the ones who had no significant black population. and It didn't matter. Like Maine is half of the half of a percent. Who cares? But places like New York, they said, yeah, you can vote if you own property. Which none of them hmm. did. Right. So it took a long time to get black suffrage in the north but it was instantaneous in the South. And they also took voting rights away from whites. Um, so it's like, well, how's that equality in that? You, you granted one group and only the men, not women, one group rights, but you took them away from another. So it shows you it wasn't about like helping blacks. It was punishing the South. Like if you're gonna give, it's not about equality either. If you're gonna give rights to blacks and take it away from whites, it's just political. You want them to vote a certain way. You're afraid the other group won't vote that way. So you take the right to vote away and you give it to the other one. And then you tell them, yeah, we gave you that. So you should vote for us. It was about political power and all the new senators out West. They had like 12 new states and uh, every single one of them got two Republican senators.
0: So what what would the exact reason be? that Lincoln and the North would want to hurt the South so badly.
1: Transfer wealth to the North? It was his bankers. Lincoln in the beginning was hesitant. It was his... It's the little snakes in his ear from Boston and Philadelphia and to a smaller degree, New York City. New York City also threatened to secede and join the Confederacy. That was 1861, January 6th. Isn't that something? But no, the bankers got his there because they weren't going to allow Charleston to have a free trade area. I mean, if they have it, we need to have it. Why? What's going to happen? You know, Half the country, there's no tariff or a very small one, and whereas yours is 45%, right? The writing was on the wall. You have to force them into the union. You have to collect the tax. And what was happening, too, is they're collecting taxes from the entire nation, but they're spending all the tax revenue in the north. So again, it was taxation without representation. You're gonna tax the hell out of the South and Southern products. Cotton, the South was producing 80% of the cotton in the world, okay? Tobacco, nothing, it was cash crops more than agriculture. But things made and sold in the South to Europeans and the entirety of it almost was spent on Northern public works and Northern industry. And the government should not be in the business of selecting who all gets to do well. Like, we're just going to give money to such and such railroad that, you know, half of Congress is tied to in one way or another, right? profiteering. And they're in competition with building railroads out west. They wanted to connect with California desperately. And Chicago and New Orleans were in competition. Well, New Orleans has slaves and... The North has, uh, well, they also basically had to script pay slaves, too, and they had the federal government giving them money, right? So they're going to end up with it. But you get these giant robber barons. You can hear the kids screaming. It's distracting the hell out of me. I'm sorry.
0: I can't think. It's, it's cool. I, I completely He's He's about
1: his nap time, so. But anyway, yeah, it was government subsidies, and, they, and, like, why they wanted to punish the South, too. I mean, they lost a lot of people. The North... Yeah the north wins the war but they lose 150,000 more guys i mean they in every battle they were losing almost every single battle they lost more men than the south did um, gettysburg it was like the only time where it was like i don't know like 23,000 to 25,000 or something where the south lost more men but sometimes they lost, like cold harbor the north lost 12 times as many people right fredericksburg they lost seven times as many people the first fredericksburg they were getting destroyed on the battlefield and they shouldn't have because they have b- way more artillery and the better kind they have naval ships <laughs> south yeah. had to turn merchant ships into into warships they have way more soldiers hundred thousand man army in some cases you know they better equipment better guns better horses better everything and still lose because their command was by and large chosen through nepotism and they also had a lot of uh, mercenaries from, like, Ireland and Germany. and You know, a couple guys drop beside you, and you're like, what am I doing here? And Turn around and run. And the South had some pretty fantastic generals in Stonewall, Forrest, and Lee, uh, and Hoke later in the war. And, and the North, the, mm, mediocre to terrible. And the South had a few bad ones, like Bragg, but... um they just had better command structure, more experience. They've, um, some of them fought in the Mexican War, fought Indian Wars. And the North benefited from all that, but didn't have skin in the game, right? But when they started fighting each other, Southerners were, to everyone's surprise, destroying these giant Northern armies. That war could have been over in a year if they'd done what Wilfred Scott said, just set up a blockade and wait. Because there, there was no, without um, the ability for trade, the South was not self-sufficient. It, was, it didn't have a manufacturing base, barely. Um, I mean, almost the entirety of their cannings were out of Birmingham. Like, they just didn't have they did a couple bullet factories in Richmond. Like, there wasn't, they didn't have those things. So they weren't planning on going to war. They seceded. They didn't secede and then attack the North. They seceded, and then the North attacked them. They weren't trying to take over and force their way on the North. It's the opposite. They left because of the uh, Lincolnite taxes on them, among other cultural differences. And a lot of the Southern states were already phasing out slavery. It was Southern presidents that ended the transatlantic slave trade. Jefferson did that. He also ended the expansion into the Ohio Valley region and uh, tried to end slavery in the state of Virginia, lost by just a couple votes. Virginia did end slavery during the Civil War, so did Tennessee, and Virginia was the largest Southern state. Didn't matter. It's never what the war was about. Everybody
0: knew that so history is just not what we're told Mm -hmm. and uh, honestly that's part of the basis of my entire show is breaking your government instilled programming i'll
1: tell i'll add something else too it wasn't even north versus south clearly they talked about the mason dixon line and all that state of maryland did not secede had troops on both sides north carolina and tennessee had troops on both sides the, the third largest regiments in the Northern army uh, by the end of the war were from North Carolina, right? They had more troops from North Carolina than most Northern states other than Pennsylvania, I think Massachusetts. So, you know, it was like if the other half of North Carolina, if Western Carolina and East Tennessee had fought for the South, you might've had a different war. And then obviously the Western part of Virginia, which had slaves becomes West Virginia, right? Doesn't secede. Yeah. They stayed in the Union. The rest of Virginia didn't. Um, but the entirety of the state had slaves, and Virginia ended it before West Virginia did. <laughs> sea iron only by a week, but still, you know, it's because the western territories—Western Virginia, East Tennessee, West North Carolina—were not that affected by the tariffs because they're not on the water and they're not doing sea trade. So they didn't care and they wanted to stay in the Union, but everybody along the Mississippi and everybody along the coastline wanted out because they were getting raped. Right. But you can see like, well, why do these territories, why are they still fighting in on the Union side? Because they they were not being squeezed and they wanted to stay in the United States. They were not feeling the tariff pressure the way the East was. But believe me, they definitely had slavery. <laughs> that didn't matter.
0: So I, I do kind of want to switch gears here just a little bit and uh, talk about 9-11 because that's one of the things that you're known for. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's actually how I uh, had found your content was uh, researching 9-11 myself. Also, I was told I shouldn't listen to you, so you were the first person I listened to and so i guess my first question would be what what is the the biggest misunderstanding about nine eleven that mm. most people either get wrong or something wrong that they believe
1: i always say not even wrong like don't know at all and that would be the anthrax attack there was a follow-up biological attack that's with notes full of weapons-grade anthrax that said 9-11 on the top of the notes, death to America, death to Israel. And they were sent to U.S. senators and people in the media to try to kill them, Patrick Leahy and Tom Daschle. Patrick Leahy had the Leahy Amendment, which would forbid military aid to Israel. So they tried to kill him. And in the beginning, everybody thought Al Qaeda had sent the anthrax because it said 9-11 on the top of the notes. Uh, we just had a terrorist attack from Al Qaeda. Somebody sending weapons grade anthrax to these people, um, U.S. senators and such. And it had also been mailed from the locations of where the hijacker cells were. Right. So it's concentrated in Florida, New Jersey. And that's where the letters come from. They thought, oh, OK sleeper cells, whatever. They sent anthrax after the other guys ran the planes in the buildings. Very quickly, though, from analyzing the anthrax spores, they realized, nah, nobody from CAVE did this. This had additives to it. It had a catalyst placed on it. This came from a very advanced lab. Only three countries in the world with the capacity to make this, the United States, Russia, and Israel. So somebody either... Infiltrated a lab and stole it, or they're still working there. And so they chased around this guy named Stephen Hatfield for a while, and then this guy, Bruce Ivins, who was suicided before he had a trial. But what people forget is this attack was used as a justification to invade Iraq. Colin Powell went to the UN with a mock vial of anthrax, right? He holds up a little vial with white stuff and it. it wasn't anthrax but it's to look like it and made this whole presentation straight from George Tennant and Louis Leibowitz by the way about mobile weapons labs uh, that had the ability to make anthrax and this dovetailed off another lie that came from James Woolsey and then later the New York Observer which is done by Kushner where <laughs> based on Israeli intelligence, they claim there is a meeting in Prague, Checking Israeli intelligence, they said, a meeting in Prague where Mohammed Atta, the guy that ran flight 11 into the North Tower, met with senior Iraqi officials and they passed the mantrax. And this was written about on the weekly standard. It's an outfit for PNAC project for new American century. And they are claiming there's this meeting in Prague and between Iraqis and 9-11 hijackers. After the first anthrax letter was opened, they waited. Then They're like, oh yeah, uh, and, and? The Iraqis gave Al-Qaeda anthrax too. And we know because the Israelis witnessed it. Well, the Israelis did not witness that because that never happened. There was no meeting in Prague. Iraq didn't have anthrax, neither did Al-Qaeda. So the Israelis made it up. But that was used as the pretext invade Iraq anyway. Hey, their violation of UN resolution 1441, stipulating they can't have WMDs, and tracks is a WMD, they passed it to Al Qaeda, who attacked us with it. The whole thing was a lie, and they knew it was a lie. That's why they dropped. They they stopped saying it was Al Qaeda. The official story blames it on Bruce Ivins, the guy that worked worked at Fort Detrick, Maryland. Interestingly, is they ignore the fact that a man named Philip Zach, Philip Zachariah, had been caught on camera stealing anthrax from Fort Detrick, Maryland in the past. Right before the World Trade Center attack in 1993. He'd been fired from his job. He made a gang called the Camel Club. They were picking on this Egyptian co-worker, harassing the hell out of this guy. His name was Assad, too during the anthrax investigation somebody sends an anonymous letter to the fbi blaming assad for the anthrax and he knew it's who it was oh that's that guy that got fired for harassing me and is on tape stealing anthrax he was illegally doing gain of function research on anthrax in the lab he had a cohort uh dr ripley that uh, miriam she um she let him in at night after hours after he'd been fired. And there's 23 samples of anthrax missing. Okay. Most likely that someone involved with that stole it again. And that's who mailed didn't blame it on whoever they could blame it on Hatfield, Assad, Ivan, there, you know, Al Qaeda, anybody but the ones that are like who who would write death to America, death to Israel on the notes, and then also say they witnessed Iraq giving the anthrax to Al Qaeda. Who? Iran? No. Cuba? No. North Korea? No. Somebody. I can't. It's right on my nose. Hmm. Who did that? (laughs) The same people. I mean, you look at PNAC. It's full of a bunch of Zionist Jewish supremacists that are lying about everything. They lied about, and you know, William Sapphire, Guardian of Zion Award, (laughs) writes about, oh, there's chemical weapons in the palaces of Saddam, right? Nope. You lied. New York Times, full of shit. And then, of course, Judith Miller, she blamed everything on Iraq. She blamed Oklahoma City on Iraq. She blamed 93 World Trade Center on Iraq. And obviously she's going to blame 9-11 on Iraq. She's dating Louis Libby, who's a lawyer for Mark Rich, who's a Mossad agent, um, Cheney's chief of staff. Got, you know, Mark Rich was pardoned by Clinton his last hour in office. James Woolsey. The guy that lied about the anthrax was the head of the CIA, chosen by Clinton, blackmailed by Epstein. There's yeah. almost like some group has infiltrated in the United States and is just filling us with bullshit about our media and lying about Iraq and mailing anthrax to senators who are critical of Israel. Gee, I wonder who it is. Then you see <laughs> the Israelis celebrating the attacks of 9-11 at Doric Towers, doing a little mm. jig, high-fiving and hugging each other. All of them lie about the timelines. You got another group of Israelis straight out of Jerusalem that were arrested for doing illegal work on the fire prevention systems in the World Trade Centers. That's another one that's missing. So I'll tell you what happens when people talk about 9-11. They talk about building seven (laughs) and physics. That's all they talk about. And. The role, 9-11 was a jointly conducted covert intelligence operation similar to Iran-Contra. You got multiple players, Saudi Arabia, Israel, United States. Like most operations go, I mean, the Contra affair deeply involved the Israelis and the U.S. Deeply. The Israelis have been doing, diverting guns out of Nicaragua for generations. The Somoza family have been diverting guns on their behalf since the 40s. And so... Yeah, they're involved. US gets involved after the coup and RAN seventy-nine. They try to warm up the faction that still exists there, giving them airplane parts and stuff and making money off the contraband sales to pay for the Contras to kill Santanistas and Nicaragua, because the Santanistas are the ones who overflew the samosas Well, it wasn't enough, so they end up getting into the narcotic business too. And you know all that with the Barry seal and so on Barry seal trained by David Ferry, by the way, <laughs> JFK. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um. Yeah. CIA brings in drugs. No shock. Right. And the proceeds yeah. go for off the books, black budget things, including supporting Contras, warlords, terrorist groups, you name it.
0: Across Anything the board, they can't publicly fund.
1: Right. And that's what the opium in Afghanistan was for. It wasn't just to create an opioid crisis in the United States; it's the profit. So that's how we pay Al Qaeda. That's how we paid no. HGS on Earth front, or Al sham and all the moderate rebels in Syria. That was narco money that the CIA laundered through groups like Purple Shovel and all these intermediaries and stuff. But ultimately, it's just a bunch of conduits, including the FSA itself, to get money to terrorists to uh, try to topple the regime in Syria. And what, is, what use is the to top facade in Syria? Is that in American interests or Israeli interest? It goes against American interest, but it's in Israel's interest. So we do it. So because they have a massive blackmail and bribery circuit inside the United States, deeply rooted in there. And that's why these people can bulldoze down a house and just run over people and set them on fire and move into someone's living room and say if I didn't do it, someone else would, and our press won't touch that with a six million foot pole.
0: And how does Epstein tie into a lot of that? Um...
1: Jeffrey Epstein and Glenn Maxwell and Jean Luc Brunel were running a blackmail ring. Epstein's problem was he dipped in his own supply. That was on behalf of the Israeli state. That's why all the seed money is coming from. Les Wexner and Leon Black and Glenn Dubin. They all have something in common. They're supremacists uh, and they're working for the, I mean, the Maxwell family itself, her father worked for Israeli intelligence.
0: uh, Explain the bell real quick the merchant audience.
1: bell yeah it's just saying because <laughs> if you're on youtube whatever i don't want to get you banned by saying a certain word so yeah. but they all belong to a little tribe that wears little hats and this needs to be pointed out i gonna be real fucking clear this isn't like the jews that's retarded it's those jews not the jews yeah and you should be able to point out supremacists no matter who they are. White supremacists, Jewish supremacists, black supremacists, Muslim supremacists, whatever. But you can't because people are so hypersensitive on, to go on a witch hunt to find a racist or a sexist, a homophobe or something, something, you know, that they hear the word Jewish and their fucking brain turns off. Right. <laughs> but look, yeah, these people are fucking child murdering pedophiles. And they happen to be Jewish. Gee, Jewish supremacists are Jewish. I wonder why. Yeah, most Nazis are white too. Because why wouldn't they be? But millions of Jews have nothing to do with this. Don't own a bank. Don't own media. Aren't pedophiles. You know, it's just this. You're talking about a couple dozen people. Okay. But they're the ones that are in charge. Because they, the U.S. has a, Interest in letting extreme g- groups come into power. And that it doesn't matter if it's a Jewish extremist, Muslim extremist, cartels in Mexico, whatever. They support the drug cartels. They support Wahhabi Salafists. And they support Zionists. Because all, when any of those kind of groups are in power, it's a guaranteed recipe for conflict. And conflict means you get to sell more guns. It's all about the money
0: which is Saudi Arabia and that buys America.
1: Saudi Arabia. Oh yes. Bahrain, Israel, all these companies with these, all these, I call them companies instead of countries. All these companies <laughs> have despots for leaders because the U S backs the Likud party. They back the Saudi monarchs, right? And you could click it over to Asia. It's same story. Africa, same story, do it or I'll kill you and put your cousin in power, that kind of stuff. So Boko Haram, all these groups, none of these groups would exist. If the U S was genuinely against them, but they're not, they want them fighting each other. It keeps them down. Keep the middle East in an arms race. It's good for us hegemony. You know, and the U S and Israel have this relationship, the only colonial power that didn't die after world war II were the Israelis. They're annexing land on Palestine. It's a colonial regime, just like the British, the French, the Americans, they're taking territory. They're ethnically cleansing people. They're setting up Jewish only settlements. by like a rule you have to be a jew to live in them no other kind of person can live in them it's a racist pariah state and these racists have a lot of compadres in the u.s canada whatever that are like because of the trauma of the holocaust and other things feel like they can do no wrong and they have to support them or it's going to happen again or something and in a way they kind of do have the tiger by the tail because Israel has preemptively attacked all their neighbors they've attacked the United States too and even 10% of this if the public was aware of all the things that Israel's done including stealing nuclear weapons from the United States killing sailors blowing up hotels you know chopping off heads torturing kids all the stuff they do that state wouldn't exist and so it's they're in an existential crisis it's like well they can't undo all the stuff they've already done. And so they're in a parasitic relationship where they have to maintain control over U.S. media and, and military power or it's over. Right. They're, they've they already crossed the line, like into the land of unforgivableness. Right. They bombed Syria. They're still doing it. They've attacked Lebanon. They attacked Egypt. Jordan, like everyone hates them. Um because it's a racist pariah state but they're able to exist based on might Mike makes right they have force alone that's it and so all their eggs are in one basket it's the United States and the moment that relationship ends Israel's
0: done well and they they do a lot of weapons research for us right like they they do some development do themselves
1: we, <laughs> well, with yeah. our money
0: yeah and then we we buy them manufacture them and Then sell them to Saudi Arabia.
1: Yeah, we give them away to Israel, we sell them to the Saudis. Uh the Saudis buys a lot of that stuff with the, the dollar overhang, you could say. But these perfume princes, the reason they have the relationship they have with the United States is cheap oil. And even in the US, like when we're talking about like electrical production, only one percent of US electrical power is from oil the other 99 are 51 is from coal and the rest is from like hydro nuclear and so on only one percent is oil oil is just for gasoline but keeping the oil production rate high undermined the soviet union undermines the russians because they're dependent on selling oil so if you make it cheap it destroys them the higher the gas price is the stronger russia is as Al, you can see the stupidity of the current regime. Right? <laughs> we're going to sanction Venezuela and Iran and Russia and has Saudis already at maximum capacity. And we're not going to buy it from Russians at all. But you are because you're just going to buy it from somebody who buys it from them. So it's still making the money. So you're making them stronger than ever. But they don't get it. Like the way Reagan got to them was make the oil cheaper. Because the Russian economy at that time was very dependent on natural gas and oil. If you make it cheap, they can't earn enough and things fall apart. And that was why they brought the Saudis in. So you had the war in Yom Kippur in 1973. OPEC caused gas lines inside the United States. They are like, shit, we're vulnerable here. We got the media. We got the military. We got the largest economy, but we're very dependent on these imports. So what they do, join us. Let's create this safari group going in 76 Bush family, especially gets very tight with the princes. It says, you're going to produce this much and we're going to give you the latest weapons. We're going to send Bechtel, Kellogg Brown and Root and Halliburton in there. We're going to build your sewage systems, your roads, whatever you're going to become a modern country. They take that deal. We modernize Saudi Arabia. They keep the oil flowing, keep that price down, not only for the U S but mostly to hurt Soviets. So that. And that click from the safari club they're already joining an israeli u.s nexus that existed prior to that so there's the triangle saudi arabia the u.s and israel uh and the french and then um it's long story i've outlined this in a five-hour movie called the empire and mast like why we are so tight with these clicks and i did an interview with dan sanchez from uh freedom foundation that went over our saudi u.s history it's about an hour and something length but it's a good one somewhere on my website because it's banned you know all my youtube's banned all my vimeo is banned all, you know, i'll talk about these things and woke culture i was getting banned before the woke culture though i was getting banned in 2005. it's um
0: long before woke culture
1: yeah way before it's just that starts what 2013 somewhere around there with the soros crew you're not allowed to say things that threaten the system you can criticize president so and so they don't care if you criticize israeli prime ministers you're gone because that's who's actually in charge <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah the old saying of uh want to know who is actually in charge uh look at who you can't criticize right
1: yeah, Kevin Alfred Strom said that. If you want to know who rules you, just see who you're not allowed to criticize. Also often misattributed to Voltaire. Although I could, you know, imagine Voltaire probably said he said so many little witty, quirky things. Yeah, maybe he said the same.
0: <laughs> so one one thing I wanna to touch on before we uh, wrap up is exactly what's going on in Ukraine. Um, there, there's a lot of propaganda around that and there's not a whole lot of sources I would trust. Um, you are a source of, that I would trust with what's happening.
1: Thank you. I, I would say Doug McGregor, Scott Ritter, Larry Johnson, uh, Andre Makinov, um, Judge Napolitano, or at least he'll get the people on who can speak on it. Pep Escobar, uh, there isn't much <laughs> Joaquin Flores, like there's myself. There isn't much there. Uh, essentially, what happened was that Maidan coup in 2014. Uh, they, you know, these little neo Nazis and stuff walled people up and burned them in buildings and uh, physically assaulted people. Color Revolution style. They're attacking Eastern Ukraine, where a lot of ethnic Russians live. Russian language was banned. But the worst thing is ongoing fight. Basically, a war, civil war, 2015, and. Ukraine murdered 13 to 14,000 people, mostly civilians, and then they were gearing up to do it again. They had deminst accords, which Zelensky broke. Poroshenko had done the same thing. They're all terrible. It was a selected government. Victoria Newland's on tape saying, "FDU, let's put Yatsenyuk in charge." U.S. is the most blatantly installed U.S. coup we've ever done. Didn't even try to hide it. And then NATO's a threat. You saw what they did to Yugoslavia. You saw what they did to Libya. You see how they behave. Nobody wants that on their doorstep. Ukraine's built up this massive 600,000 person army. Why? Right. They already murdered 13,000 or 14,000 people. And then they bring in February 17th, heavy artillery. So that's the state. That isn't just somebody with a sniper rifle that started to pop up. They brought in heavy artillery and fired it in the Donbass. Five days after all of that, Donbass starts firing back. Then Russia comes in, kicks them out of the Donbass region. That's happened. That's Donetsk and Luhansk, um, except for Kharkiv, I suppose. But Cerberto Donetsk, Donetsk, Lizzy Shanks, all these territories. And there's a land bridge to Crimea as well. Um Crimea, by the way, seceded. It was not annexed. There wasn't a shot fired. Everyone acted like Russia invaded Crimea. Russia already had a base in Crimea. Crimea used to be part of Russia all the way until 1954 anyway. Um, Khrushchev gave it to Ukraine because of the, the horrors of Holodomor and Soviet occupation. He was from there. But it's Russian and people who live there speak Russian. It's Russian culturally, ethnically. You know, they're Eastern Orthodox, Christian. They're Russian by any way. You can say it's Ukraine, whatever. And it rejoined Russia because Ukraine was 15 billion euros in debt, regional scapegoating, neglecting the area, abuse of all kinds. So they left. Rejoined Russia. The media acted like Russia took it by force. Nope, they had a referendum, Ninety. 8% 8% plus decided to get out of Ukraine and join Russia. They have a better life. Ukraine's the most corrupt country in Europe. Other than maybe like Nigeria and Malaysia, probably the most corrupt country in the world. Um, it's run by oligarchs. The EU They're involved in human trafficking, drug trade, mafia stuff. The worst things you can think of He's not sympathetic characters. Zelensky, well, he's coke addict, pedophile, all that. But they act as a giant money laundering operation for people like Conrad Black and Hunter Biden and all these, you know, DNC assholes. Hunter Biden worked for Kolomoisky's Burisma Holdings, right? And a no-show job. The same stuff he's doing in China with Bohai Harvest and Rosemont Seneca and so on. And a lot of the girls, John Luke Burnell's last modeling outfit, by the way, was out of Kiev, he was the number three guy in the Epstein ring, maybe the number two guy, really. He got arrested and suicided in jail, just like Epstein. But he's one of these French perverts that had MC2 models or just straight out of Tel Aviv and then Karen in Paris and then later New York, Miami and so on. Uh, that is directly tied to Ukrainian oligarch, uh, front companies, rule, transit, fake passports, all those, all supported by the state of Ukraine major industries selling people. And that's a long story, too, to sum it up in a few minutes. Ukraine fired on Donbass after many eight years of abuse. Russia finally was sick of it, didn't want NATO on their doorstep, and went in and kicked them out. And the rhetoric is all, Ukrainians always on the verge of winning. They're losing hundreds of men a day. It's sad. Uh, They need to negotiate before they lose Odessa, too. Russia's going to gobble up They could go all the way to the Nepa River. They're going to stop whenever they feel like it. They could take the whole territory, but I don't think they will because they don't want to deal with an insurgency for the next 40 years. But they're going to take all the majority uh, ethnic Russian territories, and that's Russian forever. Good job, Ukraine. You just lost billions, hundreds of billions of dollars worth of infrastructure and, and millions in population. For what? For what? Right, because NATO encouraged you to kill Russians. Well, bravo! You just cut your country in half. Good job. Sucks for them. I wish I, mean, I hate war. I wish they'd end it. I wish they would just realize they have no hope of winning this war. NATO weapons and money are not, they need to have concessions, cede the land you're going to lose anyway, in order to get you know, to get peace, or keep fighting. Lose fifty thousand more people and still lose your land, and a bunch of money, and make the situation worse. Zelensky is not going to negotiate. He doesn't care how many Ukrainians die. He's making personally making bank off this, so he's going to keep doing it. I'm predicting the Ukrainians are going to kill him themselves. His own military or police are going to get rid of him. You watch.
0: Spicy take right there uh mm-hmm. honestly from what i understand i wouldn't be surprised at this point uh i would They'd see no to. reason for them not to
1: after server asked and lizzie shots like they are like we need to retreat we need to fall back like strategically well from a pr point of view that's bad because he completes his takeover the Don Boss. guess what he took it anyway and he lost thousands of more people for nothing so unless he doesn't care He's over there doing Vogue magazine poses, you know, he's a dead man walking because Ukrainians are going to get rid of him.
0: Which is just the craziest thing I think I've ever seen was him on the cover of Vogue. Like
1: when he's grabbing his wife, they don't even look like a couple. He's just like, come here. I got this.
0: No, she looks scared.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like he's cheating on her. He's cheating on her with men too. Uh, this is well known. Like, She's just a, oh, I ought to have a wife. Like, you know what I mean? It's not even. <sighs> yeah. yeah. He, look, he looks All like right. a little gremlin. He's always got his stupid uh tailor-made green T-shirt with the, the sleeves um shrunk. So it looks like it hugs his biceps more. He's a little five-foot-nothing comedian troll. And that's what Kolomoisky and these guys, they put up a front of, like, actors and stuff. The whole cabinet. It's like that because it was a convenient way of paying thugs and putting them on the payroll. would be like, oh yeah, this guy's the art director assistant, something, something of this television production. How much did that joke cost? I don't know. It's, you can't really like put a number on it. So it was a nice way of putting a bunch of thugs on the payroll and then claiming, oh no, that's, I'm not, that's not campaign finance or anything. I'm paying them to be, you know, part of this television studio. Uh-huh. Right. And so, I like to steal a phrase, if a clown walks through the palace, it doesn't make him a king. But it does turn the whole palace into a circus.
0: Yeah. And that's nice. what
1: you have in Ukraine. A fucking circus full of clowns.
0: Well said. So, the thing I want to wrap up on is uh, your new daughter Oh, Israel
1: Dat from Franklin, but that's all right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's all right. Um, I, I wanted to, uh, kind of wrap up on your new documentary, uh, new Mac.
1: Oh yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. I did include it in the episode description, so make sure and go and watch it. Um, impossible for me
1: to do without Roger Monson and Grant F Smith and all these people that did all this work. This isn't like a lot of other films. That's all me, but this one, um, so many people did so much of the work already. Yeah. But it's—I felt like this needs to be in film version. I add a lot of things with JFK and um, and Epstein and so on. It's not just about the nuclear theft, but that one's—I'm um, proud of that. I mean, that could be in theaters. It's so good. It won't though because of the subject matter. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you want to know how they definitely.
1: stole the bomb and killed the president, uh, I didn't mean that. My hand. If <laughs> you want to know how they stole the <laughs> bomb and killed the president, go watch a New Mac
0: yeah yeah it's a fantastic documentary um i was blown away uh everyone that took part in that did an amazing job and uh he pretty much provided it for free on rumble so there's literally no reason to not go watch this it's only like Um,
1: an hour and 20 something like that thousands of sources and it, it, ought to create a lot of questions cause there's a lot of things we sort of half went into, but didn't want to make a 10 hour movie. So I'm there for the Q and a whenever, <laughs> and I'm, I'm appreciate coming on your show maybe we'll talk just about new Mac sometime. Unfortunately, I got another show like right now, the two, cause I double booked.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, no problem. Honestly, Ryan, it was a great pleasure. Um, you are more than welcome to come on any platform that I have at any point in time to talk about any of this super important stuff, because I truly do believe that a lot of this really is important and people do need to hear these things.
1: Well, thank you. I hope I don't get you banned.
0: I knew the risk coming into this. So, you know, if it happens, it happens. We, uh, we will rebuild. Um, so do you want to let everyone know where they can find you?
1: We'll build back better. <laughs> ANCreport.com as written next to my name is my website. And that has odyssey Rumble. GAB, VK, Telegram, the uh, all the alternative stuff. So not allowed on anything else. Can't use Patreon, can't use PayPal, can't use Facebook, can't have Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Dah, 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 dah. It's all trash. And I feel like, I don't know. It Right now it sucks. We're in a building phase, but as more people get banned from saying their opinion about COVID or election fraud or whatever, you know, they're, anyone's getting banned for anything right now that we're having a viable alternative now, because there's so many people who have nowhere to speak. So get on your telegram, get on odyssey, get on rumble, bit shoot, gab places like that. That's the new stuff. And I've been on all of them <laughs> since like day one.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's honestly some of the best places to, uh, Check him out, or check out Rise to Liberty. We are also available on all these platforms, so make sure and check us out there. Oh, excellent! Oh, yes.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. I'll put your link on Substack, and cool. hopefully, get you some followers.
0: Cool, right on, man. Thank you so much. That'd be great. And, no no uh, problem. Th- thanks again for doing this, and thanks to Reed Coverdell for uh, everything he does and hooking us up together. And, oh, uh, yeah,
1: that was Reed, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah, props to him. Had him yeah. on a couple of days ago um guys doing good work
0: oh yeah make sure go follow the uh, naturalist capitalist and uh we'll get you back on soon ryan and uh go have fun on the next show and uh, i'll be talking to you soon
1: all right I'm, I'm gonna change gears and i think i'm talking about libya now so all right. See you. <laughs>
0: all right later dude all right and that that was the man himself thank you once again for uh watching rise to liberty we will be getting him back on as soon as we can, because honestly that was great. And we only just hit the tip of the iceberg with some of these issues. Tried to give a, uh, a good balance of a lot of the things that he likes to talk about, kind of introduce him to my audience. So thanks for making it this far in the episode, make sure to check us out at rise to liberty.com slash links. That is where you can find links to everywhere we are on the internet. Um, And that's pretty much it. So once again, thanks for watching. And uh, until next time, stay free, my friends.